It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is right after, well, not right after, a few hours after the Browns beat the Ravens here at MT Bank Stadium, 40 to 25. We're going to go through some topics here from the game as we usually do. Um, Mary Kay, you are uh, dealing with a little bit of a cough. So, yeah. uh, so you might hear that throughout the podcast. Just like a couple weeks ago, I was getting over the, the remnants of a cold and. Uh, you probably heard some coughing and throat clearing from me. So uh, that's the nature of a fall and winter sport, I guess. Uh, all right, let's get to it, Mary Kay. A big win for the Browns. Um, let's just go topic number one. I'll start us off. This was my instant analysis post that went up right at zero. It's a little, it feels like a little extreme to say this saved the Browns season here today, but I feel like in a lot of ways, this win kind of did save their season, or at least kept it from nosediving after after this week. Absolutely, 100%. They could not have slipped to 1-3 and three and lost to the Ravens here and let the Ravens go to 3-1, and one, heading into this stretch that they have, uh, still coming up with the Seahawks and the Patriots and the 49ers on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just no way. They really needed this victory. Not only uh, does it keep the Ravens in a tie with them, although they are in first place by virtue of their victory over the Ravens, uh, it it gives them an opportunity to to pull ahead in this division and, and to stay alive until they get to that easier second half <laughs> of the season. And, and that was vitally, vitally important with what they have coming up. Yeah, and it's, it's not just the teams they're playing, but like San Francisco's coming off a bye. Um, they're going to play the Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to have 10 days off. They play a Thursday night game before they play the Browns. Now the Patriots, the Browns come off their bye and the Patriots have a short week, but I don't know how much that matters for a team like that. So uh, not only does the schedule continue to be difficult for this team, but it also favors the other teams and how it's set up. And you know, look, like you said, San Francisco's undefeated. Seattle won today, so, the, so they're in really good shape. New England had to squeak things out against Buffalo, but it's always been about surviving to that second half when it gets so much easier, and there's some games that really look a lot easier now based on how some things have played out, especially with the Steelers. You wanted to survive and get to that second half, and as Freddie Kitchens likes to say, get better each and every week. Yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, one and three, you start second guessing, you start thinking you have to change things, it's the quarter pole, you know, you go back, you reevaluate, and, you know, they would have done a lot of soul searching at one and three. It wasn't the start anyone would have expected, and this kind of just changes the vibe. 
Yeah, and, and it's something this team definitely needed. Uh, and to win here in Baltimore on the road, uh, something that we haven't seen very often in this uh, in this Browns era. All right, topic number two. Topic number two, let's go with Baker Mayfield. His back was against the wall. He had Rex Ryan saying he was overrated as hell. He got into a Twitter feud with Antonio Brown, who said it was a scam that he was drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson. He had national pundits and critics just hammering him all week. So here, here's Baker Mayfield, back against the wall, and he just comes out swinging. He comes out swinging in those situations, and it wasn't always beautiful. They once again had first and goal at the seven down here, and they couldn't score yeah. a touchdown. But they went four for five in the red. They ended up going four for five in the red zone. A lot of it was because of Nick Chubb, fortunately for, for Nick, for them for t- today. Uh, but Baker Mayfield uh, proved a lot of things today that you know that he not isn't overrated as as hell, and and that he still has this season in hand and everything before him. Yeah, this this was the performance that he needed. He looked a lot like the Baker Mayfield that we saw last year. Um, he was decisive, and I mean, there's just something about Baker, and we already kind of knew this. He he plays with that chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some of this Instagram fighting and, and stuff like that and, and responding to Rex Ryan like he did, maybe a lot of that is him sort of building that chip on his shoulder. And we heard today after the game he talked about, you know, getting thrown in the trash. And I don't know that anybody out there was, you know, obviously there were some national pundits saying some things, but, you know, I don't know that anybody was really throwing this team in the trash, but that's sort of... What this locker room is doing, it's what Freddie's doing, it's what Baker's doing. They're finding these little things to uh, to kind of put that chip on their shoulder and uh, and get motivated and, and go out there every Sunday trying to prove people wrong, which which isn't easy to do when you're the hyped up team and, and the darling of the league. Now now they're kind of embracing some of this stuff to go and prove people wrong. And uh, there was a lot of talk about Baker versus Lamar Jackson, and yeah. everybody was all hyped up about Lamar Jackson. But I had also been trying to point out throughout the week that Lamar Jackson, six, five of his touchdown passes came against the tanking Miami Dolphins, okay? <laughs> Eight of their 14 touchdown passes were against the Dolphins. And you have to take those things into consideration, just like you had to take some of Baker Mayfield's touchdown passes against the Cincinnati Bengals last year mm-hmm. into consideration. Some of it is the opponent that you're playing, and that determines... Uh, you know, the the strength of what that performance is all about, just like tonight even. I mean, I don't think they should get overly thrilled about this, although, I mean, they should be excited about it. But, again, it was against the 27th-ranked pass defense. Jimmy Smith was out. Marlon Humphrey, although he played Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, he did did a nice job against Odell when he wasn't choking him on the ground. Exactly. Uh, You know, he, he was playing through a little bit of a hip injury, but it didn't seem to bother him that much. At the last minute... Game time scratch, their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, Brandon Williams, was out. And they're already not the defense that they were with C.J. Mosley, Terrell Suggs, Eric Weddle, and Jimmy Smith in the game. So this was not the Baltimore Ravens defense that we're used to seeing. It was a 27th-ranked pass defense. I think that says something. Mm -hmm. I think that says, okay, this was a good effort, and you did what you had to do, but you still have work to do. Yeah. They needed this performance against yes. this defense. They needed to come out here and dominate this defense in this building, yeah. in this stadium. Uh, it, it was exactly what they needed to do. Uh, in big part, because of our third topic, we're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. 
Nick Chubb. Uh, the Browns leaned very heavily on, on Nick Chubb today, and he responded. He ran, had an 88-yard run that, that I think was really a backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the defense uh, was able to get the Browns the football. Nick Chubb breaks off an 88-yard run, and uh, it's the third longest run in Browns history. He now owns the number one and number three spots on that list. And uh, Nick Chubb was really good today, over 160 yards rushing. Yeah, he, he was amazing. And like you said, that 88-yard run was the backbreaker. That made it 30-18. to 18. It came shortly after the uh, Ravens. Yeah, I actually, I actually misspoke. I said the defense got off the field. It came after a, a Ravens touchdown. Yeah, it came very, very shortly. In, in fact, seconds after, just three plays, or two, was it two plays, after the, um, after the Ravens scored and pulled to within 24-18, Converted a two-pointer, and, you know, they, they were making some yards on the ground like they do. And you never know what can happen. It gets to 24-18. But Chubb said, no, mm I have a different idea about this. Yeah, it was two plays after it started. They started out, actually, the first play after yeah. that because the, the first one was a false start, and it was a no play. So on the first play after that, he comes back. 88-yard touchdown, and like Baker Mayfield said, people underrate this, underestimate this guy's speed. He's got this afterburner speed. He's got this one-cut-and-go thing. I mean, he, he's just incredible, and I think he is the heart and soul of this Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, and, and he was running really hard today. Um, it was, you know, vintage Nick Chubb, which is weird to say about a guy that, you know, was in his 16th game, but, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 20th game. Uh, what? Eight, how many starts has he had? I think he started the Tampa Gate Bay game last year. I don't remember when that was exactly, but this guy hasn't started a bunch, and we already have some vintage performances from him. Um, it, it was a really strong performance from Nick Chubb, and a credit to the offensive line, too, that has been really uh, beleaguered, and mm-hmm. they did a great job in this game in, the, in pass protection and on that play. Eric Cush pl- did really well. J.C. Treader got out in front. Demetrius Harris... Uh, kind of set up a one-man wall and block two guys at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did a great job blocking that play up. And like you said, once Chubb got out in the open field, he just turned off the afterburners and, and took off. Yeah, it, it was great to see him have that kind of game because he's he's just the kind of guy that you want on your football team. He's humble. He's quiet. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't say too much about uh, anybody or anything. He just kind of does his job. He's sort of that blue-collar worker where he just goes out, does what he needs to do, and again, I think he's the heart and soul of this team. Uh, all right, that was topic three, Mary Kay. Topic four. Topic number four. Let's go with the defense. My goodness, the defense has been on fire. Uh, three takeaways against a team that had not turned the ball over yet this year. But I will say, uh, I thought the Ravens' offense, and I already said this, uh, was overrated. I thought they were overrated coming into this. I think people were overrating Lamar Jackson a little bit. I thought people were overrating a little bit of everything when, again, eight of your touchdowns came against the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) And it just seemed like nobody was talking about that. 59 points in that game. But still, this defense came out today again and did what it had to do. It's starting to get those takeaways. Uh, It it had the uh, Jermaine... Whitehead forced a fumble. Chad of, of Ingram, when they were driving, Chad Thomas recovered it. Uh, unfortunately, I think the, the Browns, did they score a touchdown off of that one? Yes, they did. That was a Chubb touchdown. So they scored 14 points 
off of the takeaways. So that was good for them. Um, but yeah, this defense ha has been really good at stopping the run, and they eliminated the big plays. So it was big plays by the by the Browns offense and eliminating them by the Browns defense. Yeah, and for, for Jermaine Whitehead, <laughs> he was involved in all three turnovers today, forced the Ingram fumble, forced the Lamar Jackson interception that Deborah Lawrence came down with and had the interception on the deep ball um, down in the end zone over here to our left. Um, he was he was outstanding. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, this coaching staff has raved about. They use him as their extra safety a lot. He's been playing some strong safety, too, with Morgan Burnett hurt. Uh, and, and he's a guy that, that really came up big in the second half when the Browns uh, really shut down that Ravens offense. I mean, you mentioned it. There were a few big plays here and there, and, and you're going to have that with Lamar Jackson. I think we saw on occasion... You know, there was a play when Lamar Jackson was running to his right and he kind of stopped and Miles Garrett ran by him and, and he got a couple extra yards. You just live with some of that stuff with him because he's that talented. As, as NFL players like to say sometimes when they talk to us, these guys get paid too. Um, Lamar Jackson is kind of freakish when it comes to his athleticism and, and his rushing ability. So the Browns did a nice job kind of limiting the damage that he could do. And, you know, you mentioned it. The Ravens offensively hadn't really played anybody. The Chiefs were probably the best defense they played. The Browns defense, you know, they hadn't played any offenses that had really been clicking like the Ravens were. And when you kind of looked at that matchup, we were going to find out who was real today. And the Browns came away with the, the group that looked more real than, than what the Ravens offense does. Now we've got to see what this <laughs> Ravens offense can do moving forward, and you've got to feel good about the Browns defense. Yeah, you know what? I said this to you earlier uh, in the press box, and you kind of looked at me like I was nuts again. Um, but I, I can actually see the Browns sweep, sweeping the division this year. I can see it. And why is that? I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger were healthy, I wouldn't be saying that. And yeah. if the Bengals were the Bengals of old, I necessarily wouldn't be saying that. And if I was impressed with this Ravens team, I wouldn't be saying that. But even when they come into Cleveland, I can see the Browns beating them. I think they match up well against this Ravens offense and defense. I just think it's built. The Browns are built to beat them. And and I, I don't know. I could possibly see a sweep. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. I, I just I just don't like to look that far ahead. I get nervous looking that far ahead. That's the problem. But it, you don't know live what? in your fears, do you? I know, right? Look, they, they've already beaten the Ravens once now. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is the quarterback for Pittsburgh. Right. They should beat the. They better beat the Bengals twice if you want to make the playoffs. Right. You better go beat the Bengals twice. Right. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, what do they? They play Cincinnati the last game of the season, right? They play the Ravens and then they play the the Bengals to wrap up the season. Yeah. So maybe you'll get the last laugh here on whatever that last week in December when we're making our uh, our wild card weekend plans. Uh, you you might get the last laugh on that one based on what we saw today. Yeah, it's oh. just aligning properly for, for the Browns. Okay, um, we're going to go back to the offensive side for uh, one, two, three, four, topic five. Um, and we're going to talk about the offense overall. We're going to talk about Freddie Kitchens overall. Of course, he was a guy that was under fire. There was talk about maybe should he give up play calling. We talked about it uh, following the loss to the Rams on Sunday night. I think on a video and then in a podcast we talked about the play calling. This looked like Freddie Kitchens of old. There was there was motion. There was misdirection. There was Jarvis Landry, who unfortunately left with a concussion. Um, but Jarvis was really involved in this game in so many different ways. Th this was the offense that 
this is the offense we envisioned when Freddie Kitchens got this job, when they went out and got Odell Beckham, even though he was he was kind of limited in his production today. This was Freddie Kitchens' offense. Yeah, this is what you expected to see all along from Freddie Kitchens, and I think you'll see more of it going forward. So he mixed it up. He, you know, you know, in, in addition to the RPOs, like you said, they tried to double reverse. Uh, they did some shovel passes. Baker was doing a sidearm pass, which yeah. actually got picked off. But uh, they, they mixed it up, and, and that, was, that was really good because that's what you're going to have to do uh, to jumpstart this offense. I mean, it was stagnant. And, yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield was asked about Freddie Kitchen calling, Kitchens calling better plays, and he was like, yeah, it's kind of hard to call plays when your quarterback sucks. He put it on himself, and, you know, I have no problem with that. I mean, he, you know, he should blame himself. He's in, he's in the big boy seat right now, mm-hmm. and uh, he should assume that kind of blame. But, yes, this was a game for Freddie Kitchens to get off the snide and for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and it just – it just looked different. It looked different than when we saw these first three games. And I don't know if they, you know, went to less of, of some of the air raid concepts, some of the four verts stuff that we were seeing so much of, uh, especially against the Rams. Um, but it just felt different today. And maybe it was the defense they were playing. You know, the Rams are a really good defense. Uh, I know they gave up a, a ton. Of, I actually shouldn't say that because they just gave up a ton of points to the Buccaneers today. But prior to that, the Rams had been a really good defense. Um, you know, even the Titans, they've been a little up and down, but but their defense <laughs> played really well in, the, in that first game. I don't know, for whatever reason, the Browns' offense just looked different today. I, I thought the play calling was so much better, so much more creative. It didn't seem slow. The pace was better. Uh, there was just so much more going on, and, and it felt like they were forcing the defense to react finally, which is something we weren't seeing a lot in those first games. Yeah, and they put up 530 yards on the Ravens, which is the second most ever here uh, in home game history on the Ravens. So that's saying something, and a lot of those came on some of those really big plays. Jarvis Landry, 65-yard catch, run, and stumble. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, yeah, a 59-yard catch and run. And then, of course, Nick Chubb, 88 yards. So some big, huge chunk plays. And there were little things, too. Like early on in the game, they, they managed to get Dontrell Hilliard free. You know, nobody was guarding him, and, and they managed to get him free. Yeah. Um, the, the, Ricky Seals-Jones, you mentioned, was running free on a play. It felt like the Browns were actually <laughs> scheming some things open. Uh, down here, near, down near the goal line, you know, Baker was able to kind of wait and let some crossing routes develop. It mm-hmm. just seemed like there was more scheming, more, hey, I can look at the play call and see what they were trying to do here and see how this guy came open. Uh, this is going to be a fun game to kind of go back and, and rewatch to, to really see what the Browns were doing. And the other thing is Baker wasn't getting hit. You know, Baker was not getting he – got, he got hit one time in this yeah. game. Okay. It felt like 2018 again. And that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference when he is not getting hit. So he was getting the ball out quicker. He was trusting his playmakers. I think it helped that he was getting the ball to Jarvis Landry a lot. Yeah, Jarvis is a he's a difference maker on this mm-hmm. offense, not just because of his ability in the slot to make catches, but you can get him the ball in so many different ways. And, and a defense yep. has to know where he is because he might take a handoff. He might... You know, run a crossing route. He, he, you know, he's allowed to go deep in this offense. He, he didn't do a lot of that in Miami. There's just so many different ways to get him involved, and hopefully for the Browns as they head to San Francisco, um, that concussion is not going to linger, and he's not going to yeah. stay in the protocol. That's that's something to keep an eye on because it's tough. 
A lot of times when guys go in that protocol, they end up missing a game. But yeah. maybe that extra day will, will help the Browns in this situation. Yep. Um, all right, last topic here. Okay, well, let, that brings us. Let's make Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and Antonio Callaway our last topic, the receivers. Um, again, Jarvis Landry, great game today, and I think it really helped. Remember uh, when Jarvis told Freddie last week, we're going to have a great team. Mm-hmm. What did Freddie say back? We're going to get you the ball more. And that's what they did. You have to get the ball to Odell or Jarvis or both, I think, to try to be successful. So they were able to do that. Uh, the corollary to that is they shut down Odell Beckham Jr. Marlon Humphrey did a great job on him. They did end up having their fight, and their, <laughs> and he did choke him. Marlon Humphrey did choke him, and Freddie's mad about that and talking to the league about that. But uh, Odell held to no catches in the first half, only two for 20 overall. Um, again, Jarvis concussion. We'll have to see where that goes. And Antonio Callaway coming back from his four-game suspension for this game, Monday night game against San Francisco. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. If they can get Rashard Higgins back, too, that would be big. I think he would make a huge difference in this offense. I think they've really missed him. Um, I think even today. As good as this offense looked, I think there were moments where if it were Rashard Higgins instead of Damian Ratley in certain situations, um, there might have been some completions. There was a play down here near the goal line that, that might have ended up being a touchdown. Um, you know, Getting him back would be big. The thing about Callaway, and, and we'll have time to talk about this more, you want to get him out there and you want to get him running down the field, but you got to be a little bit careful because when a guy's missed time like mm-hmm. this and, and he kind of goes out to open it up a little bit, that's when you start to get hamstrings, mm-hmm. things like that. You don't want to rush him back because you want to have him, you know, when you get to New England and beyond uh, into that second half of the schedule, you want to have him healthy. You don't want to have him dealing with a hamstring or anything like that. But having a game-breaker like that, having that game-breaking speed, that's going to make a big difference for this football team. Absolutely, 100%. So, you know, I think that, and and Rashard Higgins, you know, maybe he'll be back from the knee injury. And as they move forward, they should add more pieces to the puzzle, including Kareem Hunt coming back. So if they can kind of hang in there, which they did today, and just get over the hump, things should look better in the second half. Yeah, it, uh, it should start getting really fun here, you hope. You hope today was a precursor to what this team can ultimately be, especially on offense. Got a good test next week going to San Francisco on Monday night. Um, you know, I, I think that defense is that defense is probably going to be a little better than the unit they face today is if they're healthy. Um, you know, and, and that's a Kyle Shanahan's coaching a pretty good football team down there. Well, you know, their offense hasn't been great. That's a team that can run the football, so it'll be a, a fun challenge, I think, for the Browns yep. uh, as they go to San Francisco in the national spotlight. And because the Browns won today, there's a little more sizzle to that game yep, absolutely. Uh, next week. So I'm sure ESPN is very happy yeah. um, about that. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast from Baltimore, uh, from Mary Kay Cabot. Actually, I got a, I got a promo Football Insider. Before we go, go to cleveland.com slash browns and sign up for Football Insider to get texts from Mary Kay and get a newsletter every day that has a, an exclusive piece of content that you're not going to find anyplace else on our website or on our podcast or in our videos. It's exclusive to our subscribers. That's footballinsider, cleveland.com slash browns. Now, for Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.